0: hello everybody Whoa. hello oh he's british i just
1: got done watering my plants
0: okay and we're british today
2: i was I like what's been... happening? i haven't been around y'all today because i've been working on messages so what's happened to
1: philip i uh i I've haven't been...
0: seen anybody i've been tending
1: either. to the garden <laughs> i've been tending the garden it's a hot oh. Summer day. oh, oh, oh my god <laughs> My plants needed a drink. They looked thirsty, and I was like, Pastor Michelle would not approve of these thirsty plants. Welcome to Second Take at Eastlake, a podcast of Eastlake Community Church in Irmo, South Carolina. You are invited to join us any Sunday at 9 or 11. Oh, dear. So I watered it. So you uh, with the bottom, Every day you have to water your plants, huh, Michelle?
0: Every day? You do. I'm Every trying. Day I water them. I have, like, irrigation, but I'm having lots of problems with it. And I thought Andy had helped me fix it, but
1: Still it's not. kicked
0: me off again. I don't know. Hmm. He comes in tomorrow. <sighs> I'm going to talk to him.
1: He'll be at Summerama tonight. Okay because I've been talking mm-hmm. to him about Big it. Old Big
0: old summer rama. Big old summer rama.
1: Yep well so. I'm actually not even blowing smoke guys I actually am serious with what I'm about to say. Oh boy. I missed you guys today. Oh everybody's running around been a crazy day. All the things they got to get done and that's good. But it was a little bit of a, is it time for podcast, yet? Is it time for podcast? You probably noticed I sent the link early.
0: I, I got a little worried. That. I had I to check lying. the
1: time. I was worried y'all
2: changed the time without telling me because I was working on messages
1: <laughs> instead of being yeah. in the world. No, I was actually just kind of lonely. But yeah, but I'll make it. Don't worry.
0: I'm glad you'll make it.
1: Yeah. So
3: Rob, you'll be, be at bad. the church tonight. Michelle, will you be there at all? Today I don't or tonight? think
0: so because I have got to finish my message for Sunday. Um, you know, and get my tech notes since you know like Andy'll probably be in Thursday to do what he does. So Yeah. Mm. I'm Unless coming there right miracle. After this.
3: Huh? I'm coming there right after this.
0: Okay. I'll be, well, I'll, be here, I'll be a little later. But Savvy's work. coming in.
1: If you guys get any video tonight, I mean Landon's gonna be capturing video too, but if you get any taggies like in it so we can share it.
0: Okay.
2: I'll definitely be there getting some video. See, Michelle, you're finishing your message for Sunday. The problem with me going out of town for the next two weekends with students is yeah. I have to have my message for the twenty fifth basically wrapped up by tomorrow morning. Or I am in trouble because feel your pain there. I'm speaking twice next week at the at the event we're at, and so I finished those notes and sent them in this morning, and I'm trying to get my my other ones
1: done.
0: Yep.
2: Then
0: they all pile up together. Woo!
1: Piles. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Well. I got to catch up and finish this book that we're, is this series based on the book? I mean, we're just starting it. By the way, we're in a series called Summer, Suffering Through the Summer, based off of the book um, by a guy that we all love and respect, um, Paul Tripp, and it's called Suffering, yep. but uh, yeah.
2: Lots of good words in this yeah.
1: book. Yeah. yep, Lots of good stuff. And the audio book is available, which is even more fun. You can ride a tractor while you listen. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of suffering through the summer, how's the temperature out there for you guys? Everybody doing okay? Staying well?
2: Temperature is fine. The problem is, it's like there's somebody's having a giant bonfire up the road because of this this uh, um, forest fire in Canada. You can see, oh, you can yeah. smell it already. It's it's all really? over. Really? The yep. There's there's fire. There's uh air. that We have an air warning right now. Yeah. We do. I've we do. Out there breathing. We're, yeah. And then oh. we're we you can pray for us where we're going with the students. We're just south of it. We're not anywhere near the fire, but we're going to get a lot of the smoke.
0: Well, you could take your masks that are left over from the pandemic.
2: Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> I burned them. So.
1: Oh,
0: ironically, yeah.
1: And I know Mandy, who's going on that trip with you, she knows what to do about smoke in the air because she's just, we came from California. It burns up all the time.
0: It's just like being in Washington. You just keep right on now. going.
1: Yep. It'll go away. Yep. Keep on rolling. Okay. Anyway, so, okay. So you guys want to get into something worthwhile here? Something of value to bring to the people? I feel like we've come down from the mountain with nothing but wisdom. And things to offer to our East Lake friends. Okay. So, no pressure. I mean, I don't have anything to offer, but I was looking into your three eyes. Wait, there's six eyes between all three of you. I feel like there is more wisdom than most people are ready for. So, we're going to get right to it because there's some good stuff. So, we're in a series called Summer. Oh, Rob, we're in a series called Suffering Through. The summer, the summer, based on the book by Paul Tripp, T. Mm-hmm. Rip. And, uh, and one of the coolest things is, well, it just, like, I first, let's just say, Ray, why in the world would you pick a series like this through the summer? <laughs> what, were, what were you thinking?
0: <laughs>
3: so every summer since I've gotten here, we have done these really fun, lighthearted, Fluffy. disjointed series, you know, Proverbs, um, the summer of Psalms. And, and I, I personally, after spending time in prayer about it, felt like we needed to dig into something that everybody's experiencing. And that's suffering on some level. And so the rub is always that, why would you do that during the summer? You're going to have lower numbers during the summer. If if we did everything driven by when we think people would be here, we'd be chasing our tails all the time.
1: We'd be like Chuck E. Cheese back when they were legal.
0: No summer, no football.
1: Didn't do anything at the holidays.
0: holidays. No holidays. Right.
2: March yeah. Madness is coming up. Everybody's busy.
3: Yeah. And so I thought we should do a, 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 I mean, something that we are all going through, but yet feel ill-equipped to go through.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody. I was deals with pastors suffering.
3: earlier that are suffering through things, you know, just natural things. Kids graduating, empty nesting, mm-hmm. you know, and marriages are in crisis. Okay, so let's talk about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So one of the cool, this is a great book, by the way, that we recommend getting um, and going absolutely through. It is a great mm-hmm. read. And then when you're done with it, you can keep it like everybody does. And then wait till somebody who's going that you love is going through suffering and mm-hmm. share it with them you pass the, You can pass the blessing on. Mm-hmm. So it's a good one worth reading and worth keeping to share because I keep all my books right, guys. All of them. <laughs> you keep them somewhere.
0: <laughs> in your kindle the,
3: the ones that Kristen don't get rid of
0: <laughs> oh, we're
1: trying guys well, we're trying out and, here.
0: and in addition to the book i just want to point out that um small group discussion notes are back and you don't even have to be in a small group to use them you can use them for your personal devotions sherilyn mm-hmm. was doing that right ray yep yeah, yeah
3: so, i woke up yesterday morning and she said let's uh do the small group discussions like i haven't even washed my face yet what are you and so there we were,
0: uh, uh, there we were. Uh,
2: suffering uh. suffering with a dirty face
1: <laughs> yep wait a minute you wash your face every morning okay oops i better do that Anyway, sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll get off of the hygiene stuff. I'm I'm gross. Nobody. Yes, because this is
0: not going to go anywhere good. So let's <laughs> go someplace different.
1: <laughs> okay. So, and also, Michelle, if there's some of those questions, which I don't have in front of me right now, but that we miss that you're like, ooh, 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 we should ask this. Feel free to oh. ask. Okay.
0: All right. I'll pull them up.
1: But I'll get us started with this thing on this question that the book asks. And it says, what do you bring to suffering? And so this oh. is a cool one for us to kind of answer personally. And he gives seven examples. There's probably more, but this is a pretty good list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go through it. Let's see if I have it pulled up on here. I don't, What? but I have it written down. So no worries. Um, I don't have his notes written in here, but I have mine. So number one, these are things that people bring into suffering so let's say um, your kid won't act right i don't know let's say you have a illness in the family you get a bad diagnosis these are the kinds of things that most people bring to suffering first one poor theology Mm. which is basically like i'm suffering because god is punishing me for my sin that would be an example like the only reason I have cancer is because I sinned or I, you know, I'm a bad mother, I'm a bad father. That's why I have this. Um, which is poor theology. So that's well, and it's I'm-
0: bad if you say that to yourself, but it's really bad if you say it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You must have sin in your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've jokingly said that to some of you guys, but I was joking.
0: I was joking. Okay.
1: Well, okay.
2: If- And I think what happens to a lot of people, and and this is the answer to the question, why do we preach this? Because the gospel promises suffering and poor theology tells us the gospel promises us the opposite. Yeah. And so good theology requires that we embrace the idea of suffering. So,
1: yep. Very true. So that was the first one. The second one is doubt of God. And uh, my notes were just suffering exposes what has been in your heart all along. Like this idea that things get difficult and all of a sudden i question my faith i question like is there any of this real is that how you guys would describe the doubt of god
3: doubt the character of god if he's good yeah. Yeah. you know um, if he's kind if he cares doubt mm-hmm. says he must not be those things if this thing is happening to me
0: oh yeah because right. we either tend to think that god either is not a good god because they're suffering in the world or that he is unable to respond because surely he would yeah. um and neither of those are are right but that creates doubt you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's good so that's number two um number three unrealistic expectations of life
0: <laughs> There's my Achilles
1: heel <laughs> <laughs> Michelle outed herself. I didn't even get to that part of the question. Oh,
0: sorry. I'm jumping ahead. All right. Anyhow. Yeah. Right. We'll come back to that. Unrealistic
1: expectations of life. Like, um, yeah. So we'll come back to that one. That's a good one. And then the other one is unrealistic expectations of others, of everyone around you. Another one, number five, would be pride. Um mm. in my note that I put on there was, we forget that every cell is dependent on God. Like every cell mm-hmm. of our, everything is dependent on God. So there's this like pride of like,, um, I'm in control or I got this. Um, so these are, once again, in case you guys are just joining in, what the things that we sometimes bring to suffering. That was number five of seven. Yep. Okay? Yep. Here's number six, materialism. This one was interesting. The tendency to place too much of our security in physical things. I'll say that again. The tendency to place too much of our security in physical things. Mm-hmm. Number Phillip, six. I would
3: add, yeah. and it's also a way that we attempt to circumvent suffering.
1: Oh, like, well, maybe mm-hmm. if I get this far, yeah, if I get this, then suffering won't come my way. Yeah, that's a for sure right there. That's definite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so um, what do you bring to suffering? That was number six. Here's number seven, selfism. I want my way and my agenda.
2: The American way, baby.
1: Yep. My way. <laughs> it just, that's my the best agenda. way to put it. Yeah.
2: It's 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 freedom. Freedom is defined by what I think is important. And so my agenda is what matters, and all the other ones must be anti whatever anti you're talking about. Yeah. And so, when we are in suffering, we tend to find ourselves being victimized, quote unquote, by other opinions or other positions. Yep. You
3: you, you never so. ask yourself when in a foreign country, why don't they speak English here?
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it's only it's only it's only the newest language on the planet. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you mean
1: the whole world yeah. doesn't revolve around us? There's a whole other world out there. You know it's interesting? True fact. So when I lived in California, California is just like that with America, like it operates independently. When you live over there, you're separated by desert. Like you genuinely, and and I did this too. You just kind of forget that the rest of the world exists. Like you're in California. Like we're like our own little country over here. Oh, yeah. Texas. The, yeah, Texas Same is Texas. a lot like that. California's more, though. I've lived in Texas, okay. too, by far. Like, there are many, 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 many Californians who have never, ever left California. There's no need. They'll go to other, other countries, but they won't go to the rest of America. They're like, I got everything. I got <laughs> mountains. I got beach. I got this. I got that. Why would I leave? But, it's crazy. Anyways, okay, back to this. So what do you bring to suffering? Um, poor theology doubt of god unrealistic expectations of life unrealistic expectations of others pride materialism and selfism are there any of these that stick out for you that it's like you have to work against like we're humans guys i know contrary to like maybe five people out there that think you're perfect i know you're not um and so just like, is there any of these that, you know, you you see yourself prone to or any that you see yourself really good at? We can also be good at some of these, avoiding these. Is
0: that number two, Rob? or I, two have, of I, them? Have,
1: I have two. One of them happens to be number two.
2: Okay. Because, because you know, I have no excuse to doubt God. Yep. I, all I have to do is turn around and look at my kids. I, I mean, I know I talk about that a lot, but I'm telling you. God has shown up in every single moment, even when it's felt like he's taking too long. Yeah. But the humanity in me still is like, well, this is the one time he's finally going to do it. He's going to say, that's it. I'm not as good as you thought I was. Take that. And there's no truth in that. That's bad theology. Back to number one, bad theology, because it's just ridiculous. And the one that goes with that is unrealistic expectations of life. The, The two of them go right together. Because for me... Um, I've worked so hard. He's allowed me to carry myself out of a lot of trauma from my childhood. Um, that there are times I can kind of be like, really, Aren't can't we just be done with that? Can't life now just be easy mm-hmm. Comes out of that. And the bottom line is I am who I am because life wasn't easy. So my expectation should be God is going to use everything to make me more of what he wants me to be the next time too. So those mm-hmm. two go hand in hand. Yep. You could say all seven, but the ones I find yeah. myself back into all the time are those
1: two. Yeah, that's fair, man. Yeah, easy to do.
0: Yeah, I I outed myself at the beginning. Unrealistic expectations of life. I like when things work. <laughs> I do not have a lot of tolerance for things that are broken and stay broken. They frustrate me, <laughs> and so. <laughs> listen to her tone <laughs> just huh? listen yes. to yeah, her she got, listen.
1: let's I see know. if she's that passionate when she preaches on sunday ah
0: okay <laughs> so yes so you know i i would like to think that when things are going good i'm like oh this is how it's supposed to be now it should just stay like this yeah so, mm-hmm I have at least come to understand that that's an unrealistic expectation. I can't say that I'm embracing it, but you know.
1: Yeah, you know. Good. that's fair. Yeah, what about you, Ray? Are you flawless?
3: I would say that I'm akin to my sister.
0: It's unrealistic,
3: unrealistic expectations of life and of others. Because okay. I think they, they have a tendency to flow one into another unrealistic expectations about myself I shared on Sunday that I never thought I would need these that I would just somehow escape you know getting into heaven and not having to have a pair of these on my face but clearly that's not the case and then sometimes I because I because we can be lazy we can assume that people are further along in their faith than yeah, they good. really are yep I mean, I, I'll never forget my first five months of pastoring, um le- leading a church. I spent a lot of time doing marriage counseling. I mean, it was like they they announced that I was the now the campus pastor, and everybody that had marital problems scheduled <laughs> an appointment with me. And so, after so many appointments, I just yelled at God <laughs> and said, Why won't they just do right? (laughs) You know, when it it, it feels like all the air has left the room Mm -hmm. and it's like stupid quiet and then that's when God slides (laughs) in my my personal DMs and says, they do right? Why won't they do right? And then you know he's nailed you to the cross Mm -hmm. because
2: you are they did you yeah, just yeah. say my personal dms did you just use that i had to make sure you're right. i gotta god get on that
3: into it. You, you know how guys slides into our dms and leaves yeah, a little message. you like i'm sorry
2: <laughs> I, just keep, I keep picturing just messenger app popping up and god's kind of like come on now yeah
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: doesn't everybody wish that were that way you That's know yeah right. <laughs> <Good idea. laughs> Just send me a direct message,
1: please. Please. What I'll about you, Philip? Oh man.
0: Oh, you guys didn't know it was perfect. Okay.
1: I... <laughs> <laughs> I had you fooled, huh? I mean, I didn't have you fooled. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, probably my worst one is selfism. I want my way and my agenda.
0: Mm.
1: Um, oh. that's probably the biggest thing that God has been teaching me. I'd say over like five six years, seven years of just like, I'm so used to doing, um, to being in charge and just doing what I think needs to be done and just go and, you know, and I pivot quickly. And I do the same thing with suffering. Like this isn't, this isn't supposed to be happening, you know, like I I want it. This is what I want to happen. And even, I mean, I'll, I'll even say, even whenever I was going through The stuff with my mom and having cancer and she passed away from it like even to the point whenever it was like i even was praying god take her like no more no more suffering like i this is what i would do come on god it's time she's suffered enough and so i think probably selfism my way my agenda and then there's a frustration whenever it doesn't work that way that's probably one of my weakest areas um, I don't know if you guys said your best area, but probably my best is actually the opposite of Michelle's, which would make sense because our personalities are so opposite, I guess. But I expect the worst a lot of times. Like I kind of I almost like plan for it to go bad to a fault. So maybe that's a fault. But like I call myself a professional shock absorber all the time. Just like, yeah, I'm not surprised that you know the power went out like that's what happened you know I'm not ever like are you kidding me I'm more like that's about right so I kind of expect bad things to come um I don't know if that's a negative or a positive but that's something that's, that you
0: that's interesting Philip so do you expect bad things of people or just bad things of like stuff to be busted and not work and
1: I'll say this and you guys can disagree with it um, because you guys are, I highly respect you and you can disagree. But I have said this, these words have come from my mouth. Sometimes we need to expect less of people and expect more of God.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't
1: really expect a lot out of people. I'm not surprised when there's a giant exposed Mm -hmm. sin in a church. I'm not usually surprised when something um which it's not i'm not you guys know me i'm not negative right but i I do not think that anybody's perfect i don't know what do you guys think about that
0: well i was just thinking the reason i asked you because as you were talking i was like yeah my unrealistic expectations usually have to do with processes and um objects and those kinds of things yeah. um i don't get not that i never get frustrated with people because we're all human we get frustrated with people but like yeah. you I, I mean i like plan for people not to be on time not to be able to do what i've asked them to do not um because i feel like i have to be ready just like you said you plan for it with things broken yeah. I plan for that where people are concerned, but where stuff is concerned, I just want to, like, I want to get in my car and turn the key and it work. So yeah. it's just different perspective for me with those two realist, those two expectations. Mm-hmm.
1: Were there any, of that's good, Michelle. Is there any of these that you guys looked at and you're like, you know what? I, I, that's not me. Like, I don't bring that to suffering. I, I've kind of got this one down. Um, I mean, I would say for all three of you guys, Rob said this was kind of a struggle. No, he said doubt of God, but I would say poor theology is not you guys thing. I mean, you guys um, have your theology down. I would, I mean, and as an outsider looking in, I wouldn't say materialism for you guys. Um, But any of those that you're like, no, I got this one.
2: I was gonna say that one, the theology one. I always find it weird though to self-declare that my theology is good. So, um, you know, I'm always very clear.
1: There needs to always be humility in theology.
3: Let him say it.
1: That's right. He said it. So I'm just going to (laughs) say. I do think that the people who's so you're right, Rob. The people who think that they've gotten it figured out, those are always the ones that I'm like, "Ah, I'm watching you a little extra close.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, my life. My life has taught me to lean into that theology that I mentioned specifically, that I did a study early on when I was trying to figure out why all my problems didn't go away. And, mm. and I did a study of the gospel and the, of the word, the gospel and all and the promises of the gospel. And, and we have got it so flipped upside down. I mean, everything Jesus promised was the opposite of what we think in our Western culture we're supposed to get when we become saved. He said, no, you will be persecuted. They will. They will. They will speak poorly of you in my name because of my name you know all of that stuff and even though I don't love it still because I'm a feeler you know I can rest in the fact that okay God you told me this was part of the deal
1: yeah so in that
2: sense I would say my theology is pretty solid because I I took the time to figure out why didn't everything just turn around you know within a couple years and my sins were dropping off but I'm like well this is still a lot of work actually this feels like more work because (laughs) the reality is if you're going to trust God you really do have more work not because because the work gets you good with God, but because you care about the things that are in you that need to change.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it feels harder because it is. Yes.
1: At least in my denomination, I know that we spend a lot of time like bringing people into salvation with this like sales pitch of like turning your life around. And, and we honestly would kind of paint it in a light that like things are going to get better. Um, when, when you give your life to Christ, which is not even a thing, but that's, it was, it was kind of a tactic to get you down to the altar, right?
2: <laughs> well, I was, I was working on these messages for next week, you know, where there'll be a hundred plus students listening, you know, to those of us that are speaking. And I'm like, I have the night of presenting the gospel. And I talked to the team about the fact that I don't want to do some rosy pitch of the gospel, yeah. I want to pull us to, and our theme is courageous. So everything is about mm-hmm. being courageous. And so I'm going to, I'm using the idea of, of courage to change, which is not something easy because courage is something that's hard to muster up sometimes, right? I'm not saying yeah. that the gospel is hard to receive, but we have to have the courage to say to God, okay, here I am. Mm-hmm. You already know me, but I'm going to reveal myself to you and lay out, lay myself bare. And so as I challenge the kids that might not be Christians, I'm going to be like, hey, have the courage to just trust Jesus to show you what what's next. If you know Jesus, have the courage to be honest about the fact that you're looking at porn.
1: Yeah, I,
2: I mean, just have the courage to turn that over. That's the gospel, and that's going to create a lot of work for you. Yep, not work for salvation, but work for sanctification. You know, so yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's awesome, Rob. It's a it's a more accurate way to invite people to to give their life to Christ. And, yes. and I know some of them might watch, so I don't, but there's, are we gonna put something on the
2: cross? Are we gonna have them come forward and write a note? And I'm like, I'm done writing notes. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah.
1: respond,
2: you know, I'm not anti that stuff, but it's like, for me, I want them to, I wanna break down some action steps that they're yeah. gonna hold on to. They're not releasing them, they're holding them.
1: Yep. I think that's awesome, man. Um, so this is kind of an interesting um question that um i mean there's we could be all over on the all over the board on this one but so we're in a series called about suffering and social media is a massive part of all of our lives Um, myself i mean all four of us are heavily involved in social media in different ways how do you feel about social media and suffering how do you feel about expressing suffering How do you feel about just let's just talk social media and suffering? Now that would be a book. We'll let Ray write it. Social media and (laughs) suffering. It's like no. By the great (laughs) Reverend Raymond Earl Washington. How do you feel about social media and suffering? Because there's a lot of noise out there.
3: Woo. Yeah. I think as far I mean, so right now you have. Probably two to three camps that exist as it relates to social media. You have those that are attempting to show and only show the best parts of their life. Then you have the camp that feels like they're going to share every possible thing with you. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then you have those that are what I like to consider like the martyr crowd who just share the ugly. To gain some type of support and some sympathy and all those things.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. I think anything you share and I'll I'll say for me, here's what I do. I prayerfully share the things that I believe God wants me to share. Mm -hmm. Because I don't ever want it to be said is that I've never known that Ray hasn't been stressed or that he hasn't Shared that what he is having to walk through isn't difficult. I remember when um, in 2020. It, it's so funny it, now when I think of the month of June. It's like that's another anniversary for another thing, for me. Hmm. And so I remember it, it. It will be later this month, June 29th, to be precise. That I was um, announced to the church as the lead pastor. But I also remember it was the very next day that I went and got tested and had COVID. And um, no one at our church at that time had had COVID. And so um, I don't know who all was a part of the conversation, but I remember Leah was the person that called me and said, hey, Ray, would you consider doing a daily like live on our church Facebook page so that people would see you and know how you're doing and what's up and it never dawned on me how weird that would be but i i mean once i started doing it i saw how helpful it was
0: Mm.
3: because it didn't allow people to to create a narrative of what was happening with me because i basically told you what was happening with me Mm -hmm. i was asymptomatic so i didn't have some of the, the, the most worst effects of it. And so that's for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. When Rob had it, Rob let us know that, hey, it ain't going well. It was, it was yuck. Yeah. <laughs> and What's Philip about- did not nothing out of Nothing, him. not
2: a drop. <laughs> and we're still waiting for Michelle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what was funny about Philip is that Philip went in his shell and all he did, he came out for popsicles.
0: That's <laughs> what I was just thinking. The only thing we heard from Philip is send popsicles.
1: <laughs> but I wanted them so bad.
2: Oh my gosh, you were the popsicle
1: boy. It was great. I wanted him so bad. I was just craving those things, man. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I
0: remember because cause Ray took you some and like the next day, you're like, I ate the whole box.
1: Uh-huh. They were gone. <laughs> uh covid did not steal my appetite that's for sure
0: oh so.
2: man. well i think people you know ray i think the other thing we see with social media I, I agree with you on your three um i think those are the three types and then there's one other one that is doing it specifically just as an influencer who's really not sharing anything personal um i think that's a new group that's emerging where you're not getting any kind of reality of life at all and they're admitting that they're just like this is i'm cool. promoting something um right, but right, i right. think people have a propensity to feel more like they're suffering because it's easier to bully people mm-hmm. on an electronic medium. And so mm-hmm. I'm seeing young people, the teenagers that Malcolm and I work with and even younger that Laura work with, um, they're beginning to feel a little bit more bullied, which is a form of suffering. Um, mm-hmm. It's happening more and more in these weird corners of the earth Ooh. that nobody's seeing. So yeah. they're doing it across these platforms in hidden ways And and so I think that there is an an increase of honest suffering or Mm -hmm. are wrong, are people treating people poorly um, Mm -hmm. because of the advent of some of the social media platforms and communication venues that exist. Yeah. Yeah. Keyboard warriors or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, did you want to add something, Michelle? Mm No, no. Sorry. I think for me, um, you know, I don't know that everybody loves this about me, but I don't always, I I rarely feel the need to share a struggle um, or a suffering situation in my life on social media. So the positive to that is that there's a lot of people in my life that I do share that with. And that scratches the itch. I don't feel alone. I don't feel the need to put it out there because that that desire for community and to have, you know, like to have other people with me in the fire, if you will, is met through other avenues. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. But the negative is is that it does put out the image that everything's always perfect, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's hard. Because, you know, I mean, I remember, I don't know if it still is, but I think it still is my Instagram, whatever bio says, posting life's highlights, like I intentionally just post the things that I want to remember and the highlights of life. I don't post that, um, you know, I've been working on my truck for 10 hours and I broke it and it cost me more than whenever I started working. You know, I don't post the failures. I post the I finished the truck today, you know, and I'm excited about it. Um, so the negative is that people only see that side of me. I don't know that there's a great answer to it. Um, but it is, I do think, so one of the reasons I bring this up is I think it's important to see people where they're at on social media and to love them where they're at. So if somebody is calling for uh, acknowledgement of suffering or whatever, you know, to meet them in that need, um. But also a negative it could be, I mean, I'm just discussing this. So this isn't like right or wrong, but don't look at people like me that don't post anything when they have COVID. I don't, I just don't, don't look at them and think, oh, their life is way better than mine. You know, that I don't think that, but I think that there are people who would think that and um, we have to have a, you know, an awareness um, of we're all people we all have hurt. We all have victories. We, you know, we all have different things and um, something is somebody really smart said to me that I've been trying to put into practice is to see where people are at. Michelle, you probably already know this, all your coaching stuff. I can't stand it, but uh, (laughs) you know, like to see people where they're at and try to meet them where they're at. So, one of the things I'm just, I think this is actually interesting. I'm talking a lot. So, sorry about that. But, but I really think this is interesting. One of the things when I moved to the South that was shocking to me was everything is a pray for me in California on the West Coast. Nobody says that. And if you did, Mm. it's like you're going to stop and you're going to pray for them right there. Like, if somebody pulls out the pray for me card, it's like, yo. It's time call in the warriors, you know, and in the South, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serving coffee in the mornings, like pray for me that this keeps me awake, you know, like pray for me is just like a slogan. So one of the things that I'm trying to do that I'm learning from a a counselor is to meet people where they're at. Somebody comes to me and that is something that's a big deal to them. Then it's a big deal to me. And just to Mm. like meet people at night, it's not my judge, my my duty to judge whether their suffering is worthy of my time. It's just to meet them where they're at. I don't have to join them in their suffering per se and start to suffer, but to meet them where they're at. So I don't know. What Mm -hmm. do you guys think about that? Should I fire that counselor?
0: (laughs) No. i I think it is really important to recognize where people are at Um, and you know when my kids were little um, they would get frustrated when people complained about their parents um, uh, because they didn't have an intact family and so when um, other kids would complain about their family my kids felt like they don't know what pain is they've never you know And so I worked when they were kids to remind them that everybody's worst suffering is their worst bit of suffering. And so you can't compare because what is the worst day in my life is my worst day. And what's the worst day in your life is your worst day. In fact, I was sitting with somebody earlier this week when we were talking about suffering. And they made the comment that you don't want to win the suffering contest, you know, like you really, because if you win, you lose. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And so you really do have to accept this is where people are in their life experience. This is their tolerance to suffering. Um, This is the worst thing. And it may feel to you trivial in comparison to maybe what you've been through, Mm -hmm. but it's still their worst thing.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so wise. Yeah. Mm.
2: I think, I think meeting people where they're at is what Jesus excelled at.
1: And then
0: through the
2: power of the Holy spirit, the spirit can give you insight on what, if any role you're to play in moving them along into Mm -hmm. their next steps. But far too often, we think we're automatically there to move them along into their next steps. And and that's not always true. Um, I do think that as we build relationships with people, we owe it to them. If we see, agreeing with you, Michelle, completely, but if we see flaws or lies in what they're believing about themselves or their situation in the context of relationship, you know, Jesus would take the time to say, yeah, but don't you know that there's better? And here's why mm-hmm. you're believing. But that's not the stranger on the street, unless it is. I mean, I think we can all share times mm-hmm. when God put us in front of somebody at a crucial moment where we sense that God put us there to share something with them. Mm-hmm. That's not every person we meet though.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: But in relationship, meeting people where they are is essential. Like, mm-hmm. Let's think about LGBTQ mm-hmm. and, and debate in our, in our culture right now. Not political discussion, but that is the big hot button issue when I encounter somebody who has been bullied for their LGBTQ AI plus position or lifestyle, am I supposed to immediately decide to tell them where I think they're flawed if I do? Or am I supposed to make sure that they feel safe Mm -hmm. and heard by a person that cares about them? That's the one I'm supposed to do, by the way. But we think it's, we're supposed to confront them on some big thing and bring a message to them. And, Mm -hmm. And that's why, back to social media it's almost comically sad to watch some of the social media posts of people that feel like they're on a crusade mm-hmm. there's real human beings on the other side of this discussion yep. it, it's not it's not a position it's people yeah and we've got to figure that out
1: oh man rob it's so good i think that it helps too like with my kids cuz they will have a thing in their life that is so trivial to me but it's so big to them. It is their suffering. It's so big. You know, I'm in basically essentially three teenagers, not, I mean, one of them's older now, but essentially. (laughs) And I mean, the other day, one of them came to me with a real, I mean, they're just bummed out about life in general just like really struggling. And, And my, my first thought is like, we can fix this in five minutes. This is not big. And then I was like no what would Michelle do? She would coach. She would listen. She would
2: WWMD.
1: She would she would <laughs> he would help them come to the solution not try to fix it for them and I, so I listened and
0: That's true. And it yeah. was like
1: God showed me he was like hey he just wants you to listen. Just listen to the problems. Don't fix them. Just listen and say I'm sorry that your day's been hard. Or, you know, hey, I'm here for you. If there's anything I can do, I'm here, but I'm sorry. You know how hard that is for people like me? I fix everything. I'm looking for things to be fixed. You got a crooked painting on your wall, straighten it. Like, I'll fix everything. And yet you still
0: haven't
3: fixed my door, Philip. You still have not fixed my door. (laughs) What door? You're still
1: rolling around with a janky door?
3: what doors work what, what door did you break philip knows which one
1: <laughs> yeah it's the rear door won't unlock or the window won't go down or something that switch would take 15 minutes to swap out
2: and you've been here three years <laughs> man you could have fixed malcolm's car door no that's too many doors that's the whole car
1: never fix mind it, phil fix it phil yeah you know what though honestly if all i did all day was fix people's problems i would be so happy but it might probably wouldn't be what god wants me to do but i would love it
0: Uh, yeah yeah well
1: this is a good discussion guys because i think that um at least for me that's this is really helpful and i like your insight is there anything else you want to add to it we'll wrap up in just a little bit but anything that that you wanted to say on this nope
3: i hope people didn't forget that the call is to not separate and segregate, but to come together in your suffering. When we isolate, that's when the enemy does his best work. Mm -hmm. Because then he begins to undo all of your theology. He gets you to doubt God. And so then you have unrealistic expectations about life and about people. And yep. then you find yourself trying to figure out how to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you become prideful about it. I don't have a problem. Yep. And then you find yourself sinking into the selfism, telling God that this should not be happening to you mm-hmm. and that all the people should be doing these things for you. hmm and so this is a slippery slope. And when you do it alone, who's there to help you? So if you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling with something right now, I wanna ask you, who are your people? Who are, Who's the small group? Who's the mentor? And if you don't have any of those things, I, I always said that if my kids died of starvation living in my house, it was their fault. <laughs> and what I mean by that, there's food all over this place. There's <laughs> no why you should ever starve living under my roof.
1: Now, if my roof, it, you might die.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not ready. Yeah, my son. My son has
2: tried to find a snack at your house. See, right? He said it's he a, a barren yeah, desert.
3: Right, and so my point is, is that if if you are at East Lake, even as an attender, the scripture is true. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. <laughs>
1: <that> can
3: <help>.
0: <laughs>
1: Rob. <laughs> Don't
3: starve. Don't starve.
1: There's so no I, I got
3: Rob twice today. I got it with God slide in the DMs and I got it with witnesses.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel a, I feel a rap song coming up. Let's go.
0: Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh. you are right. There is always something new happening at Eastlet. Yeah. there is always something there's a way that you can connect to people there's a way that you can learn and grow okay. and if you're not taking advantage of it and if you're isolated it's because it's your choice yep yep yeah. yeah
1: that's it yep so join in the party find some people Get there.
0: yes party yeah. people
1: find some party people Okay, guys, well, we're going to sign off because we got Samarama tonight. We got people going to Rwanda, be praying for them. Um, they leave Thursday, and we've got, Rob, where are you going? Ten so we're going eight. to
2: the Twin Cities, 20 of us. It is it is Malcolm's training trip for a big mission trip. So he's done a small thing in Norway last year, and I'm taking him this year in the hopes that next year he will do it himself But having a chance to kind of go through all the paces of planning and executing an incredible ministry partnership uh, in the Twin Cities. So pray for us. We have a very long drive um, ahead of us. We're 1,300 miles each way. We're doing roughly half of that. Actually, we're doing more than half of that on day one so that the next two days are slower and we're able to actually do some stops to do some honest conversations about ministry and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So pray for us. It's going to be a great week. We are going to be exhausted. But God showed up in huge ways, and we are going to get to bless the pants off these ministries because of the generosity of many of the people that will have access to this podcast, um,
1: and just the way they rallied behind our students. Woo! Good stuff. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you Sunday or some other time. Who knows? All right. All right. Yep. All right. See you later. Yes. Good night. East Lake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for here, near, and far.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe, Ray, you could test your microphone um, doing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap.
3: Oh, wait, 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 wait. How does if it go? Do Where that? does it
1: start? All right. It's gonna lay
0: So down
3: you want the Fresh Prince of Bel Air.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> that mic does sound good. Mm. Now, this is the story about how
3: my life got flipped upside down. i like to take a minute, just sit right there so I can tell you how I came about the first press of Bel Air. <laughs> in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and all the shooting came, some b-ball outside the school. When I was a couple of guys who were up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in a little fight, and my mom got scared, and said, "You're gonna move with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air." <laughs> I begged and I pleaded with her one day, but she packed up my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then gave me a ticket. I put my walkman on and I said, "I might as well kick it." Oh, he's
2: not, he's not doing the okay. He's not doing the theme song. <laughs> He's doing the solo, the release,
3: the
1: single release. Oh, yeah. Ray just went to another level.